Father, please help us now just to focus, uh, to have big ears ourselves so that we might hear what you want us to hear, that we might consider carefully what we hear from you and that we might be able to understand what your will is for us today and every day. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I wonder whether you suffer from the fear of missing out, FOMO as we call it. Anyone suffering from that? Hopefully not right now. Shopping channels on TV thrive on this stuff. How can we say no to the super absorbency of the ShamWow? Or the unrivaled stain-busting power of the OxyClean? Some products aim a little higher. Like this, the Better Marriage Blanket. Uh, don't have that up there for too long because I don't want anyone to take the number down because I don't think it's quite as good as it sounds. Um, but what's that about? Forget trust and communication. For three easy payments of $39.95, you can own the secret to a healthier, more loving marriage. That's right. The Better Marriage Blanket is a state-of-the-art, fart-absorbing bedsheet that it helps ensure the problem of frequent flatulence never comes between you and your partner. Utilising activated carbon fabric, the same type of fabric used by the military to protect against chemical weapons. This blanket was built to withstand a full-scale mustard gas attack, so it shouldn't have any problems absorbing a few Dutch ovens. Don't let breaking wind break your marriage vows. Order the better marriage blanket today. You owe it to your marriage. Do you feel like you're missing out? Don't answer that. Talk about it afterwards. That's products and possessions that you can't live without. But the place of maximum impact, I think, for this idea of fear of missing out is with our time, isn't it? With everything that's going on, that calls for our time, so much is on, isn't it? And this FOMO thing has us thinking either that something is on or could be going on, and I might be missing out on that. I don't necessarily even know if something is on, actually. So I could be somewhere else, doing something different, even though I'm here now. It's a real thing, isn't it? We're becoming more and more distracted. And it's not that there's just so many different possibilities. It's also the way that they're pitched to us, with millions, often with millions of marketing dollars behind them. Packaged beautifully, so that they come in front of us with this increased quality, and they're attractive, and they're designed to get us desiring and longing and, and, and doing these things and dissatisfied with the here and now, imagining that we're missing out, or that we will miss out if we don't take action now. I wasn't thinking about a cruise holiday until I saw an advert on my newsfeed, then I foolishly clicked on it, and now it's as if I'm only interested in cruise holidays. The whole thing comes flooding in. The idea of a bucket list. Heard of that? It is the definition, really, of the fear of missing out. 
Things that unless I do this X and this Y and this Z, before I die, I will have missed out. I will be disappointed. I cannot say that I've lived a satisfied life. We've got bigger things than that, haven't we? From the Lord Jesus Christ and the hope of the new creation, the home of righteousness, eternity with him. But the scarcity of time cranks up this power of FOMO. I feel that pressure now at the age of 48. I guess we all feel it to some extent. It's not really any better if you're much younger though, really. The relentless avalanche, the constant battering of all of doing this and could do that and should do the other that exerts this big pressure upon us because we might miss out. And how could you live with yourself if you did? It's becoming one of our biggest fears. It's actually becoming one of the constant underlying fears that impacts our day-to-day lives. There's just not enough time. Which is what makes everything so urgent, isn't it? Because time is essentially a when-it's-gone-it's-gone thing. Someone once put a note in the newspaper, lost yesterday, somewhere between sunrise and sunset, Two golden hours, each set with 60 sparkling diamond minutes. No reward offered, for they're gone forever. Because of its value, time becomes a reliable measure, doesn't it, of the things that we value most. And actually it always has. What and who we give time to. How should we think of this 168 hours that we get every week? Where do we go to find wisdom about that? Today then is our annual Vision Sunday where we get started for this year in earnest. I mean, we've been chugging away as has already been mentioned, but this is where we give a big shove and we're looking ahead and we're thinking how we're going to use the remaining 7,909 and a half hours left of this year. I've done the math, you don't need to check it. And 2023 does promise to be a big year, doesn't it? What's different about it? Well, in many ways, of course, nothing. Absolutely nothing is different. Unnumbered souls are still dying and passing to the night, as the old hymn puts it. People still need to hear the gospel of Jesus, the good news about him, to know him. He's still the only hope for this world and for us. That hasn't changed. That's not going to change until Jesus returns. We're still on mission together with Jesus. But it might be tempting for us to imagine that the big opportunity for us this year is tied up only with the opening of the new building. And make no mistake, that is a big opportunity. And we want to take that opportunity. But when we turn to the New Testament... And we read God's word to his church. We read these words that I want to be seared into our shared consciousness together this year. Make the most of every opportunity. When we look at Ephesians 5, Paul says in verse 15 and 16, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Because the days are evil. 
strongly implied in, in Paul's argument here, is the very real threat that the most will not be made of every opportunity because the days are evil. And we might not be as careful as we need to be. So I want to spend a little time thinking this through together. Our big idea today is this, make the most of every opportunity for the sake of Jesus. Can we lock that one in? Not just for today, not just for this week, but for this year and probably beyond. It's not going to get old, this one. But 2,000 years ahead from Ephesus as we are, it's worth us checking to see if the situation as Paul puts it remains. That the days are, in fact, evil before looking at the opportunities that we have. So our first point is this, the days are, in fact, evil. Oh, I gave it away. (laughs) They are evil. Even as I say that, though, it might sound a little bit over the top. Are the days really that evil, do you think? Even if we accept it, it can act as one of those sort of statements in the Bible where even though we know it is true... We don't really feel it to be true. I mean, there's so much good and enjoyable stuff to do, isn't there? And yet, that in itself reveals the problem to some extent. The good things that abound can keep us from the best thing that there is. In the language of Ephesians, that would be, uh, chapter 4, verse 1, a life Worthy of the calling you have received. 4 verse 1 is where it says that. But it's stunningly articulated, that life and what we have in Christ in Ephesians chapters 1 to 3. That's the best. It's in the language of riches and God's pleasure and his amazing power. And it's at work in you. The power that raised Christ from the dead is for you now. Go back and look at it again in your own time. It's worth doing. And so even if good things in themselves get in the way of that, then the good has become evil, hasn't it? Because it prevents that best from happening. The result, is, uh, the result of that is that our lives as God pe- uh, God's people end up not being lived in a worthy way. We're not being worthy of the calling we've received. And that's what idolatry always does. Something that is in itself essentially good. Clearly a good gift from God ends up in the place reserved for God as the object of our desire. And I think this is happening. So many opportunities, so many good things. But instead of making the most of the opportunities we have, it's more like the opportunities are making the most of us. Snatching our vision away from delight in God and His great purposes. And this is happening ever more readily, it seems, in the digital age we now live in. Here's a diagram. I just want you to consider it. I don't know how much you can see on there. It's basically a bunch of happy faces on the left and a bunch of sad faces on the right and some various activities along the bottom. It's from Jean Twenge, a psychologist uh, who's been working with teenagers. She works in America, I believe. But it shows the correlation. So not necessarily the causation, but the correlation between a range of activities and either happiness 
or unhappiness. And so for the activities listed, every one of which uh, on the right-hand side, where all the red is, is based on a screen or device of some kind, every single one of those activities is correlated with what? Unhappiness. And everything that isn't amongst those activities is correlated with happiness. Even, even homework. <laughs> Two smiley faces. <laughs> now, you've got to go and look at all of the research that, that she's doing to get a, a bigger picture. But there's enough coming out now to suggest that this is pretty much in the ballpark of what's happening. And how are all of these things pitched to us, all of these screen things? They're pitched to us as if you can't live without them. As if if your life includes all of these things, you'll be happy. And so the screen option either gets chosen over the active options, but even if the active option is chosen, guess what comes with it so often? The screen, the phone, the smart computer with all its pings and wobbles and vibrations. And please pick me up. You haven't picked me up in a while. You haven't touched me. I want touching. You need to pick me up. There's no good reason to do it, but I've got you. Now, I'm overstating this with a bit of humour as well. It's starting to have a devastating effect on our interactions. We become less and less present in the moment, for one. Can you detect the evil at work here? Research, as I said, is beginning to come out regarding the effects and impacts of the uh, technologically obsessed device-dependent culture, and it is it is impacting everyone. One thing is certain, as it impacts everyone, the outcomes that are being promised are not the ones, uh, the outcomes that we are seeing are not the ones that these things appear to promise. The outcomes seem to be the opposite. The opposite of what we hope for. We're drained, we're unhappy, we're distracted, we're anxious, we're increasingly less able to interact face to face, we're exhausted, we're depressed, we're unsatisfied. All of these things are rising in our society. Our culture is infusing us with this spiritual carbon monoxide. It's got us in a chokehold. It always has done for the unwary. Ephesus had its own versions of that. And Paul says to them, be very careful then how you live. Be wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not flat against devices and connectivity. I've got a device here. It's got the stopwatch running so that I know exactly how long I've been going. That's helpful for you. Celebrate that. But we do need to think about them, don't we? If they have as much sway and impact and effect and consequence 
We've got to be careful about them. There are some great opportunities to make the most of. But it seems just now that the opportunities are making the most of us. There's a guy who's written a lot about this uh, and uh, speaks from the same generation as me. Yeah. (laughs) But he says this, Did you grow up wishing you could spend the equivalent of a full-time job every week giving your most private, intimate data to the most powerful corporations in the world? And I have to say, no, I didn't. What a surprise. Listen to these recent stats taken from available research and census data and the publicated data from the big companies, in fact. Average screen time in 2023, globally. Let's start with an opening bid. Per day, average screen time. Sorry? Mate, you have read this. Uh, Seven hours of screen time, globally. It would be higher in the Western world. Almost half of zero to two-year-olds interact with smartphones. Generation Z averages nine hours of screen time per day. These are averages. And as we use these things, these devices, and so there's one there. Everyone's doing the practical joke. Call up someone, I bet they haven't got their ringer off. And now we're all distracted. Get over it. Shake it off. As we use these things, the more and more we're having to, the industry is weaponizing our experience through our usage to encourage more addiction and slavery. So an example, I just picked that one because it's a big widespread thing. The days are evil. In lots of ways today, very definitely in this way. And do you see that? And do you feel that? That the evil and the distraction and this awareness of better opportunities floods in through all of our devices and our connectivity and, and we feel like we're missing out. And what's the response? Isn't it Ephesians 5 verse 5? Be very careful then how you live. Be wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. And Paul goes on to the solution. Here's how to work out what opportunities to take and how to take them, verses 17 and 18. He says, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Second point, understand what the Lord's will is. What does God want for you and for me? What did He want for the church in Ephesus? In summary, to be filled with the Spirit. If you're going to be under the influence, make sure it's the influence of God by His Spirit. And what does that look like? Not debauchery. Not hangover regrets. Not the impaired function of intoxication. And its impact on our most precious relationships. Instead, 
Be filled with the Spirit. What does that look like? Speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we are not going to unpack all of that right now. But it is compelling enough and striking enough that we get the flavour, isn't it? There's a community dimension here. Being filled with the Spirit is not just a me thing, it's an us thing. And the particular community that's in view is the church. But it is something that's in us too, that we take everywhere with us. Spirit-filled lives in our homes, our families, our schools, our workplaces, our leisure venues, our social networks, and dare I say it, into our social media too. That's the Lord's will. Understand it. Because it does look like something amazing in this world. It does look like something amazing in these days that are evil. And it will help us to make the most of every opportunity for the sake of Jesus. And so our third point is really dwelling on the opportunities we have and making the most of them. Let's do that together. Firstly, a general one then, followed by some more specifics. Firstly, be present. Be physically present as much as you can. Later on this year, we are going to delve into the great stunning mystery of God being made in human likeness and coming into our world, fully human, fully divine. The doctrine of the incarnation is pretty much Christmas in August, if you like. You can look forward to that. But that whole doctrine is, is, is this amazing thing that God did not remain remote and distant, far away. He came in person, face to face, bodily, to be with us. And our community needs that from us. If we are God's people. Because remote doesn't really cut it. COVID's shown us that, I think, pretty convincingly. Yes, we could do all sorts of stuff, but it doesn't quite measure up to being in person. This church that God has built is a place where people love to interact, isn't it? Oh. <laughs> where people love to turn up, isn't it? Preach it, right? And here's the thing, you're all here, so you know this. Everyone else who isn't, encourage them with that. We love to serve one another, don't we? Oh. Look, I'm glad to hear that because we've got to build on that, go with that, because that's all part of making the most of opportunities. For that to be the case, we need to struggle with the situation we're currently in. We need to struggle against these, uh, these trends in our society, against these advanced computers that many of us have that do their twinkling and their jiggling in order to get us to pick them up again for no good reason and so on. This scenario where we're overwhelmed by so much that is on, especially our younger generations. 
in amongst all of that, this can be, this should be an oasis, shouldn't it? Jesus came to be with us in person. The Word was made flesh and walked among us and by His Spirit, because He's not with us in that way, but by now His Spirit, where is He now? He's in here. And for you, if you love and follow Jesus, and He's in us together, the language of the Bible is we're temples of the Holy Spirit, both individually and together. And together our gatherings, which is what the word we translate church means, are this temple of the Holy Spirit. And so with that in mind, let's make the most of church. Can we commit to that this year? For the sake of the gospel, turn up to church. It's going the other way in these evil days. It really is. Turn up to church for your own sake, for the sake of your children and your grandchildren, for the sake of our neighbours who we want to welcome at some point into this physical place later in the year so that we're there when they are there. There for them. Fair warning, we're going to be making some changes to the availability of the live stream because we believe this to be so important. Don't worry, if you have special circumstances, you are not going to miss out. Although that is good fear of missing out. I like that one. But understand, there's some big things for us to, to consider and embrace and respond to in this. This is one and a half hours a week to snap our heads up, to see glory and grace together, to commune together as God's people in God's presence. One opportunity, one opportunity against so many thousands that come between now and next Sunday. But when you understand why we need this so much, some other things become important. Make the most of our children's and youth ministries. What's your number one dream for your children and our children as a church, the next generation? Is it that they're happy? Is that the number one dream? Is it that they're successful? Is it that they're healthy? Or is it that their lives are secure with Christ in God? That whatever they do, they want to do it for the glory of God, loving and following Jesus. That's my dream for our children and our young people. That's why a bunch of you are willing to give your time and effort into investing in them, in Christ, in children's church, in gems and cadets and in morph and beyond. That's why we do little squirts. Please support these. Please encourage them. Get involved if you can. We do need support. Cadets need some leaders. Morph needs some female leaders. There are other opportunities. We seldom have the problem, we've got way too many people. <laughs> so if God's putting that on your heart, please act on that. Make the most of church camp. We get to hang out for a weekend, for a quality, quantity time together. Paul gave it such a great rap earlier, I'm not going to go over that again. Get there. Hang out. Marinade. 
poach in our own juices. Bring your better marriage blankets. Make the most of that opportunity, if you can. Make the most of the Lantern Centre launch. It is our intention to hold a launch festival that covers some weeks. Not just a day, not just a moment. Weeks. A good couple of weeks at least. What are we going to do? Well, I'm glad you asked. We're going to do whatever we come up with to do. It's us together. This building is wasted if we're not using it to become a valued hub for our neighbours and our community. So we need ideas. We want ideas. They're welcome. Clancy's going to be leading a, a launch team, but here's some ideas that come from something similar that's run elsewhere. If you like cards. Who likes cards? Hands up. Quick. Yep. Okay. Run some cards nights. Card sessions. Just get some people around to play cards. Here. If you're a teacher, give some exam prep and study tips. Offer that to the community. If you're a builder, run a session on what the most quick and effective building upgrades might be that add value to your home or something like that. Starting and finishing at Park Lane Espresso, get a running group together. Dads and kids thing. Shuffleboard rally, quiz nights, jazz session, music jam, basketball skill sessions for those over 70. <laughs> International food appreciation, crochet, book reading, story time, history lecture, board games club. Boom, 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 boom. Over to you. Get thinking. We've got time, but we do need ownership to make the most of this opportunity. Make the most of the monthly prayer meeting. Apart from me, you can do nothing, Jesus said. We've got to be praying. How can we expect to make the most of any opportunity if we don't make the most of this opportunity, which is to pray? And I get this is one opportunity to pray. But this is our church with our ministry and our mission this is us, the body of Christ in Kingborough. I would say it's on tomorrow, which it is, the first one of the year. I would say we're going to have it downstairs. And I normally say that because we don't expect too many people to come. Wouldn't it be great to have to meet up here? To pray. And if you don't like praying, come and pray the shortest prayer over and over and over again. Amen. Who of us can't do that? Amen? There you go. You talked yourself into it. All of these opportunities, and I'm done, pretty much. All of these opportunities show something of being filled with the Spirit. And all of them, and a whole bunch more I haven't mentioned are there for the sake of the gospel. For the mission that Jesus has given to his people in this world. So that we know our God and we know his love and we know each other and live lives that glorify him which cause everyone else to wonder at what we've got. Those are lives worthy of the calling we've received. I was going to... Spend a bit more time, but we've run out of time really, on making the most of life for the sake of the gospel. But I do want to say, how can we expect to make the most of life if we don't make the most 
of church. They're not two separate things. It's not the sacred and then the secular. It's the sacred that helps us to make the most of every opportunity in and among the secular. Paul can say in verse 8 of chapter 5, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Make the most of every opportunity for the sake of Jesus. Amen. Please stand. I just actually want to dignify this moment together. And you can say an amen to this, but be careful what you say when you say amen. Because it means, yeah, I'm on board with that. Uh, If you can't stand, that's fine. Stay seated. But I'm going to read out a prayer. And then you can say an amen if you would like to. Lord, we commit the 7,909 hours left of this year to you for your glory, that we might delight in you in loving community and growing deeper in your word and serving with joy and seeing people saved. We have so many opportunities that we can see as a church. We have so many opportunities in our lives many of which we can't yet see, but certainly some that we can. And so we commit ourselves also to you. Please give us the most helpful fear of missing out on these awesome opportunities that you've given to us, that we would together plead with you in prayer and together make every effort to take each and every opportunity we have for your glory. Amen. Amen. Amen.